was hit, and I always that fool one though. Oh yeah, pray for Morgan. He's in the ER right now, so keep him in prayer. All right. And anyone else? Who? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? All right, let's pray for these. And Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you that we can come before the throne of grace and find help and mercy in a time of need. And Lord, we do pray for those that is on the list tonight. We do pray for the request that Caleb had for traveling mercies that they travel. Pray also for Morgan, Lord. I do pray that you give the doctors wisdom. I pray that they'd find out what's going on with him. And I do pray that, Lord, you touch him. And pray also for Stanley. Uh, from the surgery that he had, I pray that Lord, you get Lord help him with the pain he's going through. Pray for Danny Lawson, Lord. I do pray that God that uh, that you'd be with him at this time, and Lord, I do pray that you'd meet the need there. Pray for Janet Burke for comfort. I also pray for April Grisby physically and Mary Bywaters. Lord, I pray that you'd be with these folks and and the Blues, Lord. I I know it's that's a close family. It's going to be hard on them, so I pray, Lord, that you give them an extra measure of grace. And then, Lord, we do pray for uh, for the Browns. Lord, I do pray for Brother Brown and Sister Brown, and for Brother Wise. Pray also for Sister Emily. Lord, I do pray that you touch her body, and pray for Margaret, for Marcia, and then, Lord, we do pray for uh, Danielle and for Haley, and for Eric and for the Lawsons, and pray also for Rondell Hillard. And Lord, I do pray for the Freeman family, for Forrest family. I do pray that you'd be with them at this time and meet the need. Pray, Lord, for Stephanie, and also for my wife. I do pray for her and for Ray and for Tony. And then, Lord, we do pray for safety for those folks in the Middle East that's going through so much now. And I do pray for Darlene and Randy as they travel I do pray, Lord, for the school teachers and the students and, Lord, for our lost loved ones and for our missionaries that we help to support. I do pray for the organization ACLJ. I do pray for them and for the nation of Israel. And then for our country, Lord, for better leadership. And, Lord, I do pray that, God, that you would just, Lord, uh, bless our country. I know it's going to be hard because it's so wicked, but Lord, I do pray that God, you'd send revival and revival will come and Lord, our country will be in a better shape. And So Lord, I do pray for the service tonight. I pray that you give me clarity of thought and speech. I do pray that God, that you would help us as we study the Word of God tonight. I pray that you'd meet every need that's here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn, if you would, to the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. We'll begin reading in verse number 3 <coughs> down to verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 verses 3 through 5. The Bible said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought of the obedience of Christ. Verse number four talks about a stronghold. And uh, we have to understand that the destruction of satanic strongholds uh, is the battle that we're in tonight. Uh, it's the battle of, of every country in the world. Uh, Satan is, is having a real heyday. And uh, we have to understand that there's forces that's uh, trying to tear down Christianity. And I uh, heard one of our uh, leaders say that the biggest threat in America today is Christians. And uh, so we, we know that uh, where we're at, and she claims to be a, a Christian herself. She claims to be a Catholic. But uh, I, I doubt if she knows even what a Christian is supposed to be. But anyway, uh, she said that, uh, that we are terrorists, that Christians are terrorists. And uh, let me say this, that uh, but God is in control, and that's what we have to understand. And uh, there's a little poem that goes, goes along with this, and it says something like this. Within my earthly temple, there's a crowd. There's one that is humble and one that is proud. There's one that's brokenhearted for his sin. There's one of unre unrepentance sits and grin. There's one that loves his neighbor as himself and one that cares for naught but fame and self. From much complete care I should be free if I could, could once determine which is me. And uh, of course Paul in the book of Corinthians is talking to the church of Corinth and he's reminding them of some things here that habits are in the lives of believers and we know that he's talking to, to the believers here in the book of Corinthians. And uh, the word habit is not found in, in, uh, in the verses in the word of God, but the word stronghold is. Strongholds, it, uh, it's, it's a warfare that's raging in the souls and minds of God's people. And uh, I was talking to someone just this past week and um, and there's a Barnard report, it's called a Barnard report, that uh, it, it's, uh, if you want to call the pulse beat of Christianity in America. And it was determined that America is number three in non-Christian movements, just behind China and India. And when I uh, told this individual that, they couldn't hardly believe it, but we are not a Christian nation anymore. We're far from that. And of course the founders and the, founder and the, the writers of the uh, Constitution, I believe that many of them were Christians. And uh, they had in mind to have a Christian nation and there was a time when America was known as a Christian nation, but it's far from that. I remember Brother Roloff years and years ago uh, it says that uh, they said of course at that particular time it was the a centennial, uh, how old America was, and someone said America is too young to die. But Brother Roloff said it's too wicked to live. And uh, that's where we're at today. And, and I tell you, uh, the only hope, the only hope for America would be a revival. And uh, it's not, we have to understand that 
Revival does not depend on the Republicans nor the Democrats. It depends on the Christian. And, uh, but there's that satanic hold that, uh, that, that uh, Satan has on the world today. We have to understand the Bible does tell us he's the prince of the power of the air. And uh, so we know that he is having his heyday today. And, and, uh, but, but the warfare is raging in the souls and minds of God's people. And, uh, and instead, of, instead of being the light of the world, the light is going out as far as Christianity is concerned. And if you look around, and, and, and I preached on this, said something about this on Sunday, uh, it seems like that Christians have lost their zeal. Uh, they've lost their reason for, for, for really for living. As we was talking the other day, was this fellow, I said, listen, the only thing that the Christian's uh, job is to do is to be the light of the world. And uh, we're sure the light is going out uh, slow but surely. And so we see that the Satan here, he destroys you by your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, he, he talks about here, he's, he's wants to, he wants to captivate us and corrupt us. And he's doing a good job at it. And uh, by the way, I, I hear there's a new wave, and I believe it is. Some folks that we know that has the covert. And so now uh, the president, if you listen to his speech about Afghanistan, uh, he was going to give us an update on what was happening in Afghanistan. And of course, uh, uh, he, he missed that by a long way. He's talking about the COVID again and start wearing masks and now have to take a booster shot and those sort of things. Had nothing to do with Afghanistan. And someone took a, uh, took a picture of the teleprompter and it says, walk away. He didn't know he was supposed to walk away. And, but he walked away, and they was trying to get him. And, and you know what? I, and I, you know, I, I feel sorry for this individual. I, I don't know how his, why his family allows him to go through what he's going through. I mean, if they're supposed to be a loving family, uh, they ought they, they, they ought not let that happen to him. But, and, but we should pray for him. The Bible tells us that we should. And, and, uh, but it, it, we're living in a time, folks, where, where it looks like there's an explosion of, uh, of sin in, the, in, our, in our world today. And as we was, and uh, that general that got on there, uh, he's supposed to be one of the head generals. I was watching the news just before uh, we came to church tonight, and he said, listen, everything's all right in Afghanistan. We're still in control. I thought to myself, man, I don't know what you've been smoking, but I tell you what, you don't know where you're at. And you know what? Listen, we're not in control. The last war that America won was World War II. Everything else since that time, we haven't won the war. North Korea is still communism. Uh, and we, so we know that we didn't win the Korea. We didn't win in Vietnam. We did the same thing to the Vietnamese people that we're doing to the folks of Afghanistan. We told them that we'd stay there and help them win their freedom. Now we've turned around and now they're hanging on the airplanes, taking off and falling out, falling from the airplanes. That's a sad commentary, you know it. And by the way, the, the allies that we have in, in the other countries, they're going to look at us as a bunch of fools, really. And uh, they're, gonna, they're not going to be willing to, to fight along beside of us because of the way that, uh, that this thing has been handled. This is not a political uh, service tonight, but I just want to say this in closing, is that, listen, there is a, there is a satanic uh, 
stronghold today in our world. The Bible said that in the last days that he is going to know he only has but a short time and he's really going to get busy. And we're living, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt in the last days. And so we see here, he talks about Paul now, he's talking about certain, several things here. He's talking about here about sexual impurity. Uh, we're living in a time where uh, it seems like that's an explosion. I mean, uh, people today and uh, on TV, and, uh, and, and I told some fellows back in 1970 when I got saved, I said, you watch. I said, you watch. I said that, uh, that you're going to be able to turn your television on and you'll be able to watch a smut program, and it's there. And uh, we have to understand something here. He tells us here in chapter number 10 what really matters the most today in the life of the believer. Again, he's talking to the believer to, to, in our scripture tonight. He's not talking to the world. And so he talks about here it's time to stop letting uh, Satan win the battle of our minds. And there is a battlefield of the mind. And, uh, and, and listen, it, it, there, there's patterns in our lives that's, that, that is deeply entrenched in our lives. And, and it seems like uh, the, the, instead, of, uh, instead of being those that's going to step up to the plate and uh, do what's right, the Christians are beginning to fall in line with the, with the world today. And uh, I read this somewhere. It said it's more than, it, it takes more than six weeks if you have a stronghold more than six weeks, there's something wrong. A habit that you have a problem getting over is what that's talking about. Because, that, and I'm going to give you the meaning in just a minute, the definition of the word stronghold. And if you notice there in verse number four, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Paul was penning this word. He was exhorting these folks to deal with those things that Christians should not deal with. And, and, and of course, I've, I've been pastor now for uh, more than 30-some years. And, and, and I remember the early part of my Christian life where, where, where Christians would come to the, uh, to the altar. And, and I'm talking about broken and the Bible said a broken and a contrite spirit God will not, will not hate. And I'm not quoting that just right, but that's what is, in essence, what it's saying. But, but, but Christians are not, uh, are not broken anymore over sin. Uh, the Bible says that uh, they're not ashamed. They, they're, they're not ashamed of what's going on in their lives. And, and listen, God expects what he expects from the believer. He does not expect from the unbeliever. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But now Paul begins to speak about the body of Christ. He spoke about regarding matters of a stronghold. There's people sometimes that we try to, uh, try to witness to. We ought to pray that God will break down that stronghold. Because Satan has such a grip on the lives of people today. And, and listen, sin has always been there. We understand that. We know that. But I'm telling you what. I, I'm, 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 I know I'm the oldest person in there, I, I guess, but uh, I, I've seen such a change. And uh, even when I was an unsaved person, how that so much has changed over uh, the, my lifetime. And you know what? It used to be a time when, 
when the, when, when the flag was presented that people would stand up and they would uh, put their hand over their heart or take their hat off. Now they're burning our flags in our, in our country and we have those that's making millions and millions of dollars. Instead of standing when the flag is uh, being presented, they kneel. And you know what? It's a good thing I don't own a football team because I wouldn't own it very long. I mean, I'd fire every one of them. If you don't stand for the flag, you don't play for me. And you know what? But, but you have to understand that, that in our country today, we, we've lost so much. We've lost our, our identity. We, 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 the, we've lost our passion that we used to have for righteousness and right. I'm talking about unsaved people. I mean, years ago, and, uh, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but up in the hollow where my wife was from, uh, the, there's a guy that would work on Sunday. Well, he was the baddest guy around. I mean, you know, and, but now you got Christians today and, and they cut the grass on Sunday and they, uh, you know, but that's the Lord's day. And if you're, real, if you're real fortunate in a church, they may come one time a week. But I'm just saying that, listen, God no longer is on the throne of our hearts. Somebody is on our throne tonight. And we have to understand that there's that stronghold out there and the devil's trying to, to, to ruin your testimony. And, and, and I'm telling you, folks, listen, the, the, the greatest thing that we have is our testimony. And we can lose it so fast. And when our testimony is tarnished, guess what? The Holy Spirit is grieved. He's grieved and we grieve the Holy Spirit by the way we act and the things we say and the things we do and, and, the, and the habits that we can't get, uh, get, get victory over. It's like our God is not strong enough to meet the need. And so let me say this. The word stronghold means to harden or to make hard. It describes an entrenchment or a fortress. It's like a fort. And we see here Paul speaking of a hard place or he's speaking of an unbending place. And, and, and you can, a preacher can preach and, uh, and, and use his Bible. I was talking to this fellow again uh, the, uh, yesterday and I said, listen, you, you preach out of this book right here and the problem is not with the preacher. The problem is with God. And God told Samuel, he said, Samuel, they're not against you. They're against me. And when a preacher preaches the truth from the Word of God and people fail to heed to what he's saying, yet the Bible said that we're to, we're to, uh, we're to heed or we're to do what, what, what uh, those that are in authority over us. In the church, the one in authority is the pastor. It's not the deacons, it's, not, it's the pastor. If you have two heads, you have a freak. And so we have to understand that, that we, we, when, and as long as that man is getting it from the Word of God, you listen. But I'm finding out the more I talk, <laughs> the less I'm listening to. I did this one time before, and, and up here in this little box right here, I have the, uh, the uh, where I take the uh, staple out of my messages. Uh, come up here a minute, Colton. Would you say that's a lot of messages? Mm -hmm. I wish I could show it to you, but I don't want to empty it. And it seems like in the times we live in, 
It's like in the Old Testament it says, preach to us smooth things. And the Bible tells us in the last days there will be a great falling away. He told young Timothy, preach the word, be in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort all long suffering for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But they shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. You want to know why all these different churches are is around Culpeper? You know why some churches has taken Baptists off the name? Because they need to preach smooth things. We need to have a rock band come in there and, and uh, use relig religious words to rock music. You see, those things appeal to the flesh. Notice what the Bible says again in verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Paul's talking about that stronghold. He's talking about how the Satan in the last days will get such a stronghold on the people of God. As we was talking yesterday with this fellow, he was asking me, he said, well, what do you think? He said, we think we're going to go through hard times before we, uh, for the rapture? Absolutely, I do. I believe there's going to come a time when God's going to separate the, the sheep from the goats. I don't think it's just going to be at the rapture of the church. I think it's going to be before the rapture of the church. And Christians are going to have to either recant or either die. And let me say this, and I don't think it's going to be too long, especially in America. I believe that. And let me say this. There in the churches today, if you say something that uh, uh, preach on a sin that someone's doing, uh, they get mad at you. I'm talking about getting it from the Word of God. They get mad at you. And I've said this, and I'm, not, I'm just passing this on to you. If it ever gets to a place where I have to uh, do away with certain sins, not preach on certain sins, I don't ride any hobby horses. If you've been with me long, you know that. But I'm saying this, if I ever get to where I can't preach the truth of the Word of God, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And uh, by the way, we have to understand that he's speaking of areas of contention where in the church there's so, there's so much contention anymore. And, and it was a time where, I mean, uh, there was a threat. There's a threat of spiritual progress in our churches today, folks. And listen, I'm not preaching negative. I'm preaching truth. Would you agree with me? Sure. All of a sudden... Good is bad, and bad is good. And, and listen, we have to understand that uh, it hinders us, and, and, and it causes us to, uh, the Bible said in the book of Daniel, in the last days there will be a wearing out of the saints. And we have to understand that we're in the last days, folks, and, and, and the truth that we know. By the way, if you listen, say amen. amen. The Bible said, to whom much is given, much is required. You know, the more that you know about the Word of God and the standards of God, and the, uh, the, uh, we're going to be more accountable for that. And God says I'm, they'll be beaten with many stripes. We as independent Baptists that, that's in the church that preaches the Word of God, one day when we stand before the God, there will not be any excuses because we knew better. We heard, but we're not willing to change. 
You see, what we have to understand, these things, these strongholds impedes us of, of full potential in Christ. I don't know about you, but I want everything from Christ that I can get. I don't want to be somebody, the Bible says in 2 John, that will be ashamed when he appears. I don't want to be one of those that stands before him one day and not hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to be one of those. And, and, and I've said this before, and I, I'm probably too old. <laughs> and, and I've gone too far to turn back down. Because I know that where we're at tonight, I know where the church is at tonight. I know where we're at in this world tonight. And I'm telling you what, instead of, and that's what the Bible says about, about church. He said that we're not to forsake this thing of ourselves together as a man of some is. More so as we see the day appearing. In other words, we should be more in church than less in church. And people today, they're just satisfied with coming in and, and uh, maybe one time and, and uh, that's it. I mean, hey, God, I did, my, I did my duty for this week, and so now I'll live for my life the rest of the week. Well, let me say this. People today, may, I think the biggest problem with, with Christianity today is two things, materialism and pride. God has been so good to us. We've taken that for granted. We think just because God hasn't brought judgment yet that everything's going to be all right. You know, I, I, I haven't been living for God, and, or I haven't been, uh, been doing what my, I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord. He hasn't did anything to me yet. <laughs> Let me say something about God. He doesn't always pay on Friday. But there is, the Bible said, there's a payday someday. And we're going to be sorry one day. And, and you watch this. And by the way, when we, when, how this, this stronghold develops it's when we allow Satan to get a foothold in our lives. And the Bible says in the book of James, we're to resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But we're not resisting anymore. We're just, we're just giving up. Just quitting. And let me say this. Satan is getting, when, he, when we allow Satan to get that stronghold in our lives, what's going to happen? Bitterness is going to come in. A stronghold of bitterness. In churches today, there's, there's people that and in, in members of a church that won't even speak to one another. That's a sad thing, you know that? And, and people in the church are, are gossiping about one another. And it doesn't bother them. Let me say this. Jesus said that we're to love each other like he loved us. He gave himself for us. It used to be a time when in churches it was a close-knit close organization, but not anymore. People have their own agenda. They want to do what they want to do. And if you stand in the way, they'll step on you in a second. That's where we're at. Now, let me say this. Sometimes strongholds develop in our younger years. There's people that are truly born again, but because of some things that's happened in their youth, they carry it over into their salvation. They feel like they're not worthy to be saved. There's no one worthy to be saved. No one. They feel like, well, you know, I've been a failure all my life. I've failed at everything I've ever tried to do. And so there's no sense of me making some kind of commitment because I failed in everything else, so I'll probably fail in this too. 
Well, let me say this, folks. We, that's becoming unproductive. That's an unproductive life. We're allowing Satan to enter into our hearts and minds, using those things to help us to reach full potential for the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'd asked the question tonight, do you know 100% sure you're saved, what would you say? How many in here knows they're saved? Say. Amen. Well, listen, let me tell you, if you're saved, you're somebody. You're a child of God. You belong to him. He's your heavenly father. You say, and growing up, I didn't have a dad. I just didn't have a dad. My dad spent most of his life in prison. I, the last time I saw my dad, I was five years old. Next time I saw him, I was 18 years old. And right after that, not too longer, he died. But I'm just saying this, that I have someone, I have a heavenly father. The Bible said he'd be a father to the right, he'd be a father to the fatherless. So I can say tonight, by the grace of God and by the word of God, I have a heavenly father who cares about everything that I think about or worry about or have in my heart. He's very, he, he's, he's very sensitive to us. You may not be thinking about him, but he's thinking about you every moment of the day. He cares about you when you're hurting. He cares about you when you're going through situations in your life and, and you don't know what to do or how to do it. He can, he's concerned about you. Don't ever let the devil tell you that, that God doesn't love you. Because he loves you with an everlasting love. So we see those Satan's desire is our worship. And by the way, we're worshiping someone tonight. Can a Christian worship God? I mean, worship the devil? Well, if we we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping somebody. We have to understand something. That's, what, that's, that, that's an evil stronghold in our lives. That's why the devil hates Christianity. Is because he doesn't receive the worship that he wants. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. Because he said, I'll be like the most high. I'll be like God. And he's a very slick fellow, by the way. Because when he was kicked out of heaven, one third of the angels was kicked out of heaven with him. The angels that, that was in heaven knows what heaven was all about. And so we have to understand some things. Satan desires our worship. Now, how do you uh, develop a stronghold? How do you, how do you uh, uh, see these wrong actions and wrong attitudes leads to these strongholds? It's very simple to get. When things are not going our way and, 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 and we hold grudges and, and, and our attitudes towards one another. Now how do they, can they be destroyed? Do you remember when Jesus was tempted? Remember that the mountain, he went up to the mountain and Satan began to tempt him. Satan said, listen, won't you turn these stones into bread? Jesus said, the word says, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He said, listen, if you, 
If you uh, bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, the scripture says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus used the word on him. And by the way, let me say this. The basis of all victory in the life of the believer is the word of God. I'm not going to ask for a raise in hands. I don't want you to do that. But since Sunday, how many minutes have you spent in the Word of God? How many minutes have you prayed? You see, that's what Satan, Satan is not afraid of Christians. He's afraid of a Christian on his knees. Because when that Christian is on his knees, he's in the very throne room of God. That's what he's afraid of. He don't care how he doesn't care how many times you come to church. He wants you to be churchy. What he's concerned is how you heed to the word of God. There's one thing that God demands of his children, and that's obedience. Obedience. So we say here, Satan finds our emotions and our wishes and our sincere desires. That's what he hones in on. And let me say this. Knowing the scripture is the key to victory. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John in chapter number 5, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The way that we can have victory over these strongholds is the building of faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want your faith to build? Get into the word of God. That's how it happens. Getting into the word of God and believing the word. Of, it's what, and the, the Bible said, listen, I don't want you just to be a hearer of the word, but I want you to be a doer. Because when a man is just a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word, the Bible said he deceives himself. It's not just reading the word of God. It's doing what the word of God has to say. I was reading, let's see, Two nights ago, I was in the book of uh, Lamentations. And I was looking at the nation of Israel, the apple of God's eye, God's chosen people. If you read the book of Lamentations, you'll see where God brought judgment upon his children. And let me say this, I, I, and, and I, I've got some feedback on this before. God is a loving God, but is also a God of judgment. You don't think so? Read Lamentations. Where Jeremiah, he said his, it was like rivers of water coming from his eye. And when I began to read that, I tell you what, it broke my heart. Where you see that a nation that, G, that God wanted to bless. And he said, if you just do my commandments and, and heed to my statues. And he said, you won't have to worry about war. You won't have to worry about any of these things. The miracles that God performed when, when, the, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. How he took them through the Red Sea and on dry ground. They've witnessed that. How he fed them in the wilderness. And, and, and God gave them all these things, physical things, that they, tangible things that they could put their hands on or wrap their mind around. And yet when they got to the land of promise, they did everything exactly opposite. 
Now you may think, I don't know how, I don't understand how a person could see all of that and still do the thing. Listen, we've seen more than they did. We've got 66 books. They didn't have those 66 books. We know exactly what God wants, but we won't do it. Just like revival, I know we've quoted that scripture many times, Second Chronicles 7, 14. But we really don't believe it. If my people, who's God's people? Christians. They were called Christians first in Antioch, book of Acts. We're God's children. He's our Heavenly Father. If my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. It's not hard. You say, well, I wish I could read that in NIV. <laughs> Well, let me tell you one thing. If you don't know what healing the land is and humbling yourself and praying, then the NIV won't do you any good. Well, let me say this. We know. We're not ignorant of God's ways. We're not ignorant. First of all, you need to fall back in love with Jesus. I want you to look with me over 1 John chapter number 2 in your Bibles. 1 John chapter number 2. Turn back there with me. 1 John chapter number 2. And uh, notice there with me, if you would, in verses number 9. 1 John 2, verse number 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even to now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walk in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. If we say that we love Jesus, and we don't care about one another, he said, you're walking in darkness. Yet the Bible said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's in there, folks. We need, to, we need to fall in love with Jesus, and truth and love always link up together. This is why if a man of God doesn't preach the truth from the word of God without compromise, we're to preach the whole counsel of God. He really don't love you. And I've said this before, love always tells the truth. And so we see that we're to love Jesus and we're to live righteous lives. Back in 1 John again, chapter number 1, notice it with verse number 6. If we say, he's saying if, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He's saying, hey, listen, if you say you're doing something and you're not doing it, you're a liar. What is walking in the light? I quoted that scripture in the book of Psalms. Thy word is a light into my path, a lamp to my feet, a light into my path. When God shows us something, like he's showing us something here tonight about strongholds. If I don't take that to heart and step in that light, I'm walking in darkness. 
The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And when I get out of that, when I get out of that light, I'm walking in darkness. And we have to understand here, he talks about, he's talking about righteousness. When you see, the Bible said, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know what a righteous, a righteous man means a, a man that's, that, that, uh, that walks right. And, and we expect, we go to God and, and, and we expect him to be like Santa Claus. We can climb up on his lap and tell him what we want. And we're gonna, we expect to get it. If he doesn't show up, then he must not really love me. Let me tell you one thing. The Bible said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he's not going to hear me. Isaiah said, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot say, neither is his hair heavy that he cannot hear, but your sins and iniquity have hid his face from it that he won't hear. You can't, we can't go to God in prayer and expect God to answer prayer if we have sin in our lives. We have to get it out. And, it's, and, and listen, he didn't tell us, he, he said, listen, he said, the way you get back in the light, if you've gotten out of the light, is to confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Confessing a sin is saying, God, you're right and I'm wrong. It's a, it, it's, if, if we realize that the things that we're doing as believers, that's what put Jesus on the cross. Our sin has put Jesus on the cross. And yet we fall right in line. These strongholds that Satan is bringing in, we fall right in line with what he wants. Listen, that, that's a stronghold. A stronghold. And let me say this. We need to, we need to the way we have victory is, listen, it, it, the, it, the Bible said that we're to, we're to be in unity. When the Bible says there in the first church, I mean the church there in Jerusalem, they were together and had all things in common. You know, that's what he talks about. And he talks about that, that the unity of the church in one accord. He's not talking about a Honda there. He's talking about being together. And listen, we need, and we're not together anymore. I tell you what, I don't know about y'all, but I need some help. These empty pews. There's, we have enough people that's made a profession of faith in this area right now. We have a book back there filled up with baptisms that we have, we have baptized people. And the church is almost empty tonight. You know what? The devil's got a stronghold. And they've fallen for it. We need to be get together more so than any time before to be an encouragement. We have to understand that when a church is united, when a church is a praying church, when a church is, is a mature Christian, that's why Paul talked about a lot of time about grow up. Then 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, he said, I couldn't feed you with me, uh, with me. I had to feed you with milk. But you are carnal and walk as men. He's talking about as unsaved men. In the church today, the weapons that, that, that is placed in our hands, the things that we know, and we know what it's going to take, but we choose not to do it. 
We know what it's going to take. And you know what? You know when we're going to miss it? It's no longer there. It's no longer there. Well, preacher, I tell you what, bless God, if they, they would make me kneel down and I had a gun put to my head, I tell you one thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny Christ. We deny him when, we're not, when we don't keep his word. By the way, I've said this before, but he's not asking us to die for him tonight. He's asking us to live for him. And if I'm not willing to live for him, I sure won't be willing to die for him. And let me say this, folks, tonight. There's a stronghold. You're not ignorant now of the stronghold. To whom much is given, much will be required. And I often quote that verse in the, in the Revelation chapter 21. And they shall see his face. I can even imagine not even imagine what we're going to tell him. Being so good to us. And we thank him by being disobedient. By the way, disobedience always brings chastisement. Don't believe me? Read Lamentations. Read Jeremiah. Won't take you long to go through the Lamentations, only five chapters. Read it. Read what God wanted to do. And we can tie the hands of God. Jesus said, I want to do many wonderful works, but I couldn't because of your unbelief. We can't stop God's. We can. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the day. We thank you for your blessings. And I know that tonight there's going to be some that this message will fall on a deaf ear. We've grown used to the dark. He doesn't mean as much to us as he used to. He hasn't moved, we have. He still wants to bless us. Reality, he still wants to send a revival to America, but the Christians are not willing to pay the price. There may come a day that we'll have to be the, like those folks over there in Afghanistan have to run for our lives in fear. But it won't be because it's God's fault. We can't look up into heaven and say, God, where were you at when all this happened? Because he was willing, but we were not. So Father, tonight I pray that you'd work in the hearts of your people. I pray that Lord, you'd help us to see the hour that we're living in the trumpet could sound at any moment and we'll stand before him and we'll look on his face. Some will hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Some will hear him say, thou slothful servant. And Lord, I pray that God, you'd help us be those that love you so much that whatever it takes to serve you, we'd be willing to do that. I pray that you break our hearts over sin. I pray that you break our hearts over the sinner. I pray, God, that you would, Lord, help us, give us a, such a burden for lost people that it'll make a difference in our lives.
we can say we love lost people, but if we're not trying to snatch them from the burning, your word says there's some that have compassion snatching them from the burning. We've lost our compassion, we've lost our burden, and we've been disobedient. And I believe that that judgment is going to have to come. And Lord, I pray that you bless every family that's represented here. I pray that you bless every ear that's hearing this message. That this message will make a difference, not because I'm preaching it, but because God is preaching it. He's warned us in times past. The Old Testament was, was the, the warnings. They were the, the, the warnings that God was given the natural branch. What's going to happen with those that's been grafted in? And so, Lord, I pray now that you'd help us, Lord, to love you and put you first. In Jesus' name, amen.